and welcome to Between Sermons, where we are continuing the conversation uh, from our Sunday sermons. As always, you don't have to have heard uh, the message uh, that we preached here at our church on Sunday to get anything out of this podcast. Uh, But if you would like to check out that message, uh, it is in the show notes. Uh, We are in a two-part series called Living for Eternity. And today I am joined by the, the one and only Asa Slaughter. Can we just appreciate the fact that your name is amazing? <laughs> well, it was a better name when I was in the fitness industry and people would come sign up for a trainer. And they'd oh, be like, man. Wait, his name is Slaughter? You I must think- have gotten yeah. so many people. Yeah. Like, if, if you have to choose between Asa Slaughter and Brent McQuay <laughs> <laughs> for your, you know, your personal trainer, I, man, I know I wouldn't be picking Brent McQuay. Depends on the person. <laughs> totally depends on the person. I was going the other way. The scary ones that would come up like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to do it with slaughter. You're going to have to give me somebody <laughs> less intimidating. Somebody. Oh, no. A bunch of cowards. Yeah. Cowards don't go for a personal trainer, right? Oh, yeah. You know, we're not going to go there. But all kinds <laughs> of people come for a trainer. Some that want to talk. Some that want to work out. Some that just want to hang. It just depends. Totally depends. That was amazing uh, preparation for you to become a pastor. Yes. Just um, dealing with people. and Yeah. When I was in a training for it, I'm like, what's with these counseling classes? I just want to make people work out. Like, they didn't <laughs> counsel us in football. They just told us what to do. There was no feelings involved. Yeah, but in personal training school or certification, it was a whole lesson on how to talk to people and counsel people through their day-to-day problems. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm not really in it for that. But I learned quickly that I was thankful for those classes. Absolutely. Nice. Very cool. All right, well, let's let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, so you actually were the, the preacher, so I almost feel like our roles are a little bit reversed today. Uh, but uh, we're in this two-part series about living for eternity. Uh, so let's let's kind of map out what this actually looks like. So when we talk about eternity, what are we talking about? Eternity, we're talking about time that goes on forever and ever and ever, and that began before God actually created time um, or the time as we know it. Um, so eternity, it's then it's now and it's forever um so that's how i see eternity it is it's a long time (laughs) a very long time right and 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 that really is kind of the the crux of this is that so so much of our lives we're focused on the here and the now Mm -hmm. uh but man when you when you look at the average lifespan of a a human being what what do you get 70 years if you're if you're lucky 70 80 80 if you see a personal trainer right and she's never seen a trainer never (laughs) exercised eats all fried foods but that's beside the point that's my hero (laughs) uh but we're we're so focused on let's say crazy scenario you get 100 years Mm -hmm. what is 100 years compared to eternity um i would say what is a needle in two million needle stacks Kind of like a good comparison to me. <laughs> and it's not even good enough. So that's yeah. the thing. Yeah. Um, it's it's nothing. It's yeah. a very small fraction um, yeah. of eternity. Yeah, I've, I've got it in my office, but I, I, I stole this from uh, from Francis Chan, I think, is first person I saw do it. Uh, but uh, take a, a rope and I've got like maybe two inches of the rope mm-hmm. is wrapped in like red electrical tape. So you mm-hmm. can kind of see that little, little chunk of, of rope right there at the end. But then it's like a 200 foot rope. Like, and so we, we look at it as life on earth is this little red part mm-hmm. and then you just kind of throw out the rope 
and the yeah. rope and the rope and the rope and the rope. And it's like, this is eternity. And yeah. we get so caught up in this two inches uh, when there's 200 feet mm -hmm. and yeah. it goes on forever, yeah. like never ending. Yeah. Uh, and so when we talk about living for eternity, uh, we are talking about heaven or hell, right? I mean, mm -hmm. the, this eternity is, is happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's only two options. Yeah. There's heaven, there's hell. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm assuming you, you believe in a literal heaven and hell. What, is, what does that look like for you in, according to your scripture? So um, for me, yes, hell is um, a place where there won't be good. Um, but, and heaven is a place that will be. But the biggest thing to me is the separation from God. You're going to be somewhere with God um, forever. Or you're going to be somewhere suffering for not choosing God forever. So um, the Bible describes the how terrible hell is, and I think that's a real thing. I don't think those yeah. that's just in there because um, I think it's a real thing. I think it's torment. It's torture. It's hotter than we know. Um, and heaven, I think, is probably a lot better than what we think. Um, yeah. But it's definitely um, you're going somewhere, and it's just whether you're going with God or whether you're not going with God. So that's how I see it. Yeah. No, I, I think the, 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 one of the hardest things uh, to probably to defend in Christianity, you know, if you get into like Christian apologetics mm -hmm. is, you know, how does a loving God send people to hell? Mm -hmm. um, how do you answer that question? So my thought is this, um, and I don't even have to go to how does a loving God send people to hell, but to me it even starts with how does a loving God see all of the bad that's happening now and not just yeah. fix it. Yeah. Um, and to me, it comes back to um, he created us for a relationship. So he created Adam and they, they had relationship. It was a connection there. Um, so in God making man in his image and in his likeness um, and with the ability to create, with the ability to feel love, to feel anger, to, to um, have those different emotions and the will to be able to choose what you want to do, how you want to do it, um, I see it as... So when I think about it from a relationship standpoint with God, I think about it this way. Um, you can be forced into a relationship or you can have a relationship where you choose a person. Mm -hmm. So I think it comes down to God gives us all a choice to choose, um, a choice to choose him mm -hmm. or a choice not. Now, in the process of getting there, you have um, you can't have you can't have freedom to choose good if you don't have the option to do bad to right. me so yep. it goes back to adam had a choice to make um eat the fruit that's on the wrong tree or eat all the rest of the fruit that's on the good the, the other trees um and within that choice was a separation from god if you choose wrong now why would god set it up that way well my thought is it's not real love if you didn't choose it yep. so it's not a real relationship if you didn't choose that relationship so um, the Bible talks about God is love. Well, then for us to act, he, he's aware that uh, I would say he's aware that that it, it's just a it's a choice that has to be made on whether you're going to choose God and love or not. And that's ultimately what's going to separate it. But I think where the problem comes in is um, that he's given mankind earth to till it to keep it to make it fruitful um and to do a lot of things on this earth so he gives us a choice but because of the sin of man you have in the old covenant you have an agreement that's made through the law 
um, until Jesus comes. So to me, I look at it like a, a contract. I'm like, like, you do this and this is what happened. You do that and that's yep. what happens until the Savior who I already had in mind because I knew y'all was going to screw this up. <laughs> until, until the time that he comes, it just has to be this way. And then when he comes, y'all are still in this earth where bad things are going to happen. Yep. Um, he desires that good things happen, but I think that those bad things that happen have more to do with our limited ability to totally connect with walking how God wants us to walk to help some of those things. I don't believe it as guys up there picking and choosing, well, I'm just going to let this bad yeah. thing happen or I'm just, you know what I mean? And I'm going to do good here. So I see it more of a, it's a us thing, but it's, it's a limited capacity spiritually It's not limited, but our ability to take this flesh and actually link up with God is where we miss it sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, not not to sound crass, but I mean, there there is a phrase, there's a term for for forced love. Mm -hmm. uh, it's rape, uh, and and that's that's not God, mm -hmm. right? And so for for me, it's it's if there is going to be true love, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. there has to be choice. Yeah, absolutely. The problem is choices lead to some stupid behavior. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know, if if you give me the option between you know uh, a carrot and a piece of chocolate. I'm gonna eat the piece of chocolate. Like it's just, is that is that what I should be eating? Is that the right choice to make? Is that the good choice? Is that the wise choice? Not at all. Yeah. But oh, man, sometimes when you give somebody the right choice and the wrong choice, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes that it's really easy, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's a lot harder. Mm -hmm. uh, and and I think that's you know you you got into something there. Uh, we say you know based on scripture, it's the wages of sin is mm -hmm. death, and a wage yeah. is is what you earn for what you've done. Yeah. Uh, and so when, when we talk about the wages of sin is death, death leads to hell. It's a separation from God. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there are a lot of different interpretations of Scripture and hell and whether it's permanent or temporary mm -hmm. and all this stuff. And, uh, man, it's, it's above my pay grade. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm, I'm with you. I believe in a literal um, uh, forever hell. Mm -hmm. uh, but I know that there's others in the faith that have differing opinions on what hell actually mm -hmm. looks like based on Scripture. But. If we're looking at the wages of sin is death, mm -hmm. death is separation from God, it's hell, uh, and that is what we get for what we've done, mm -hmm. then, man, it, it, it sucks for people that make the wrong choice. Mm -hmm. But they still have the opportunity. Yeah. Like, they still had the choice. Yeah. And, and it's interesting because you said they still had the choice, and it is the choice. Yeah, it's only, um, only more one. More than it's all of our little bitty yeah, choices. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the choice. And the choice is, before it's too late... Jesus God has given you a life raft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jump on it. Yeah. Um, so it's that's the choice. Um, you're born as a man with a nature of sin. Now you have to at some point hear of God and choose a new life, a new path. Um, so yeah, it is the choice that yeah. is what's important. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to get into this uh, a little bit deeper, even. So I know that for for a lot of Christians, even like this this whole thing is, is, is sometimes we talk about like it's a, the fire insurance mm -hmm. it's like following god is just so you don't have to go to hell mm -hmm. uh but that's that's so short-sighted it's so like limited in in what god's really wanting to do and mm -hmm. the problem when we when we embrace that as believers when we just get to this place where we're like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna put my trust in jesus because i don't want to go to hell mm -hmm. and i'm done like that's to me, this is where this concept or this idea of living for eternity, 
uh, comes into play because at that moment you're not living for eternity. Like you're, you're just, you're just, you've got your insurance policy, uh, but then you're, you're still just living for the here and the now and the stuff and the entertainment. Um, But at the end of the day, like, have you been obedient to God? Have you done uh, what he's put you on this earth to do? Or are you just having a good time? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, and it's, that is the, the disappointing thing um, with being around or in or um, around church and church people um, all my life. Um, I see a lot of, um, using the insurance policy more than I see people committed to Christ. And to me, and and I get it because we've all been there. I mean, I had a certain level of the goodness of God and I still strayed. Um, So I get it. Um, But what I'm learning and what I even knew a little bit of, but what I'm learning, the more committed and the more obedient I stay with God is, first of all, none of it's about, I just want you to do what I tell you to do. It all, we, we started with this talking about the relationship that is the reason that God created man, or I, I started off with that. So as you learn of God and then learn his nature is good, first of all, and that what he has for you is good for now and good for the future, but the good for now is a good that's going to help you to be able to help somebody else to experience that good for now and hopefully for the, well, hopefully for the future. Um, so, so to me, it's, once you get to know God and take a step of obedience and you get to experience the goodness of God and you go a little further, get to experience the good, goodness of God, the more you do that, to me, the more, the easier it is to trust him more right. and more because you realize that, man, whatever else I'm doing really does not compare. And I know we say that in churches, but that's a real thing. Like my relationship with God is so much richer outside of when I'm in this building. Yeah. When I'm in this building, it's great, and I get the purpose, and God wants us to do it, and it's us coming in community and um, a community worshiping together but also helping each other and lifting each other up um, and just the the benefits of um, the synergy that happens when believers come together, yeah. or anybody for that matter. There's synergy in non-believer type of things, but unity usually multiplies the good of what you're trying to do, mm-hmm. um, and I guess you don't, you don't, it doesn't have to be just in a Christian world, but usually yeah. you don't have to be a Christian to have three people that's going for a goal that's in unity, and usually it's going to be a little bit better getting to that goal. So I get the coming to church part, but is the relationship with God is just so much more. Yeah. Like it, and and He asks us to do some impossible things um, in the Word. Some the Word says things like pray always and. Um, in all your ways, acknowledge God, right? So he's giving you this lofty goal. But what I'm learning is the more I reach for that and the more things that I um, add God to, the more that I really focus on, man, learning of God and just letting God be in everything, the big things, the little things, everything, the better the ride with God gets. Yeah. So it's like it's it's truly a relationship-growing situation where we see it as, Sometimes the people ain't moving fast enough or you should be here and you've been there and you're there with God who's eternal. The awesome thing is he knows where you are and he's willing to just walk you step by step. And if you go step by step, it's so much better and it's so much it's just so much that you get out of it in the here and now. But because you're partnering with God, you're impacting eternity by showing people the love that 
you truly only get from God and just doing things the way God would have you do it. He's all about people. He yeah. made people because he loves people and he, he made a being that can experience his love. I'm not of the belief that a lion's walking around saying, oh, the love of God is just so awesome. <laughs> I mean, that's not my belief. Um, now, I do think it's an awesome creature that God created and it has a purpose. But I don't know that animals are appreciating the love of God. I, I don't think I've ever had that thought before. Well. Like I, to wonder, like my dog at home, does, yeah. does he experience the love a of exactly. God? Exactly. <laughs> what do you think, pastor? Oh, <laughs> man, when he bites my, my daughter, like I don't, I don't, I don't think he's, mm -hmm. he's walking in the love of God yeah, at all. No. Yeah. Although we so do much. some biting. And we can walk you know, in the love of God. So I don't true. know if that's, that's the true. deciding factor. It's true. <laughs> and it's usually unintentional. It's usually he's playing with her. He's, right, he's, right. Yeah, I don't know that Duffy uh, is experiencing the love of God. Yeah. That's that's interesting. I'm yeah. gonna be, that's going to keep me up tonight. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, now I've got this random thought. Huh, I wonder. Uh, okay, so so I love this idea of uh, of us just walking with God. That mm -hmm. it's, it's this relational uh, component. Right. Uh, that is pointing towards eternity. Mm -hmm. Like it, it, we're like, if eternity wasn't important, mm -hmm. uh, or what we're supposed to do here, setting up eternity wasn't important. Then the moment we make Jesus Lord of our lives, mm -hmm. poof, you disappear, you go to heaven. Like mm -hmm. in that moment, right? Because right? like, what's the point of being here right. if it's only about being there? But right. but we're still here, mm -hmm. which means there's a reason for that. Yeah. There's there's a purpose behind that, uh, and you know we as as preachers we, we make the, the the comment about you never see a hearse pulling uh, a U-Haul. Mm -hmm, right. Like you, you right. don't get to take nothing with you right. when you die, except for one thing, mm -hmm. uh, and that's souls. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I love I love how Reinhard Bonnke put it. Uh, he would say uh, our our job is to plunder hell to populate heaven. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And I think there's something just so beautiful about that. And so um, when when I look at this idea of living for eternity, Brent, what does it mean to me to live for eternity? Mm -hmm. uh, it means that that I'm looking for the person that doesn't know Jesus mm -hmm. yet. And that could be at the restaurant. That could be, you know, the, the guy that comes over to fix my AC this morning mm -hmm. or whoever it is. Uh, I'm looking for an opportunity to uh, plunder hell, to mm -hmm. populate heaven, mm -hmm. to, to say, hey, how can I be a part of the process right. in getting them to, to have eternal life because mm -hmm. uh, it's it's only through faith in Christ but but maybe it's something that I'm gonna say mm -hmm. uh, an invitation that I can give mm -hmm. uh, and so if, if you had to take this this phrase of living for eternity mm -hmm. shrink it down into just one thought one idea one sentence what is it um, well, I, need, I got more than one sentence <laughs> I needed more um, start with one and then we'll, we'll expand from there well it, it's the same consistent thing I've been talking about but it's it's relationship, but it's God has that on his mind. So when you link up with what God has on his mind, and that's getting as many people to be family with him forever, then now your relationship and obedience here is totally playing a role in helping God to be able to get more people to him. Um, and And without his help, we really can't do anything. But he's cool with, <laughs> he set it up in a way where he wants to let us be a part of it. Yeah. Like he, he, we, he wants us to be a part of it, um, a part of his love and then taking that love and sharing it with somebody else and getting them to the ultimate yeah. goal, which is 
a new life with Christ forever. Yep. Um, so I don't know if that was one sentence. I don't even know if I answered the question. <laughs> but that's really what living for eternity is, is living to walk in the will of God step mm -hmm. by step, day by day. Um, of course, the accuracy of it, I don't know if baseball batting averages are better. <laughs> they may be, for those of you that don't do sports. If you're like 30% good in baseball, you're doing great. You're amazing. <laughs> right. So, um, so, yeah, I don't know. We're never going to be good at the averages of it. No, we're not. But, but we can be making an impact if that's our purpose and that's what we're trying to do is yeah. like, okay, Lord – you know, what do you want me to do? And it's not a perfect thing, and it looks different in a lot of different ways. You're a pastor, so obviously that's a way that you help um, teach people about Jesus, tell people about Jesus, um, try to help people reach eternal life. But what does it look like when you're not in the church pastoring? Like, there's so yeah. many opportunities. It doesn't have to look like Brent. It doesn't have to look like me. But a lot of it, I think that we make a bigger impact with our actions toward people than even just telling them about it. Yeah, they need to they need to hear about Jesus, but they need to see us acting like Jesus more than they need to hear about Jesus. So I think our everyday, the way we operate through life is a huge part of it. But then also being in tune with what the Lord is wanting you to do in situational situationally, yeah. because it's not just we're walking around just telling everybody I see about Jesus. I'm telling everybody I see about Jesus. Um, you can do that. That's fine. But being led and letting God tell you when to do it is going to, you're going to have a much higher a accuracy rate. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of where I am with it. Okay. So if it, if it all boils down for you then is uh, walking in obedience, mm -hmm. right? You've brought this up a bunch mm -hmm. of, of just, it's that relational, relational component. It's, it's that just walking in obedience with him. So million dollar question. Mm -hmm. How do you walk in obedience? Well, you get to know him first through his word. Okay. Um, because if you don't know what he says, it's going to be hard to do what he says. So the word is of the most importance. Yep. Um, you have to learn what the word of God says, whether that's through. It needs, it's got to be through the Bible, but the additional things to help it is through teachers that's going to help teach you the word. Um, well, yeah, pretty much through those things. And then the Holy Spirit in you. Once you accept Christ, um, he gives you a guide, a comforter okay. to teach you, to guide you, to lead yeah. you, and to show you things. Um, so... And, and, and with that, real quick, just jumping in, mm -hmm, yeah. uh, like it, it's something that I think some people some, sometimes uh, overlook, but mm -hmm. like the role of the Holy Spirit uh, in Scripture, it says that mm -hmm. he, he is going to remind you of all of the things I've taught you. Yeah. Like that, that's mm -hmm. what Jesus instructions to yeah. the disciples. He says the Holy Spirit is going to remind you. Yeah. That means you've got to have heard it. Yeah, absolutely. Like in order can't for him to like, you can't be reminded of something. You have. <laughs> right. So like, I think a lot of times, you know, we, we say, you know, the number one way God speaks mm -hmm today is through his written word yeah. and so if you're desperate for god to speak in your life but mm -hmm. your bible is dusty then you're not that desperate yeah. and you're yeah. not going to hear his voice mm -hmm. uh, and so many people are just like putting the bible aside and just waiting for the holy spirit to tell them something mm -hmm. but he's not telling you nothing because he wants to remind you of something mm -hmm. yeah uh, but if you're not reading your word what does he have to remind you of mm -hmm. maybe that sermon you listened to th six months ago yeah that hopefully had some good scripture. That ho in it. <laughs> hope that hopefully that person that said it said it right. Right. <laughs> you know, but that is, and it's a step that I see so many people, new believers, old believers, all believers, try to skip. Yep. And you really can't skip that step. You have to literally go back to, okay, what does the Bible say? And then once you learn of it, you have to try to align your life to it yep. instead of like making it fit in around the things you got going on. Yep. Um, so 
that's really to, to me everything boils down with well god i need to hear you and be obedient so i need to read your word but it's not really a task once you once you commit your heart it's not a oh i gotta do this it's a, oh i get to do this yeah. thing it's not it's not burdensome yeah um yeah if, if my wife sends me a love note i don't go oh man now i have to read this love mm-hmm. note <laughs> yeah like, like yeah. man she was thinking about me yeah yeah, and if you never heard of her, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> right, and if you never actually engaged, yep. <laughs> you never got to that point where that love note does something yep. for you. So it is where you have to you have to pursue. Well, you have to hear, but then once you've heard and once you believe enough to at least accept, then you still have to seek. Like yep. you have to on purpose go learn more. Yep. It's not gonna just. By osmosis, you get saved, and now you know everything. No, God has given you this word that you can use to learn of him, and the Holy Spirit in you will help you with all of that, yep. not only just bringing it to your remembrance, but helping you even understand it. And I, and I know we have so many different um, versions of the Bible these days to help you with your understanding, but the biggest understanding I get is when I'm reading it, and it ain't got nothing to do with what I'm reading, and the Holy Spirit will show me something in a passage that I think is talking about how not to smack my neighbor and it's he's showing me how to i don't know that was a bad example do something <laughs> totally different but i mean it, it's just amazing how the word speaks it's alive as yeah. as it says it's alive and yeah. powerful and it really does show you things like uh, the remembrance part i can be doing something totally random and god bring a scripture to me in that moment that applies to what's happening yep. or what's about to happen or a situation that i'm going to encounter that day yep. and then i think back like yeah that's why the lord showed me that scripture that's the holy spirit reminding you of his word yep so you can't really skip that step that's the step yep because everything comes from that none of it works if you don't believe the bible yep the re- if you don't believe the bible you got a problem yep so yeah so if you're going to walk in obedience, mm-hmm. you, you start with that relational piece. Mm-hmm. What's what's after that? So you're you're let's let's say you're in a spot. You've been reading your Bible. Mm-hmm. You've been hearing from the Holy Spirit, from God mm-hmm. directly. And now you're you're at work mm-hmm. and everybody's about to go do something. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit's like, no. Mm-hmm. How, how do I choose to listen to the Holy Spirit in that moment mm-hmm. and not listen to all my coworkers that are heading off? How do you choose as you yeah. choose? But what gives you the strength to choose properly in sure. those moments? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, the choice is the choice. Now, I would say this. Early on in hearing from God, it's like, okay, sh- all right, I, that God telling me not to do this. You might not be sure, but you might be because a lot of times you know right from wrong. But um, but the how do I choose? You just have to choose. I don't know how you choose, but at some point, well, th- I would say this. I think the more words you get in you, the more it speaks, the more frequently it speaks, and the more opportunities you're going to get to choose right, but be able to hear and choose right. Yeah. So I think it comes with the consistency. The more you put in, the easier your response in life is going to be. The easier you're going to respond yep. to situations, the more words you can put in. And it's up to us. The Bible talks about with the measure that you meet, it'll be measured back to you. It's up to us. If you put a little word in, your reaction to life is probably going to have a little bit of word and a lot of yeah. bit of the rest of what you're yeah. doing. So I guess the how is to put, feed yourself more and more and more. 
Yeah. Um, because what you have in you is what's going to come out. And yeah. especially when pressure gets on. Yeah. Um, what's in you is what's going to come out. So it's no way to consistently choose right without consistently putting the word in you. Yeah. And then cons- and then beginning to obey through that consistently. Because you can consistently put the word in you. But if you never start the process of obedience, yeah. y- you can you can be in church a long time and know the Bible front to back. But if you never take a step of obedience with yeah. with most of it, if you're disobeying more than you're obeying, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's Bible scholars that are agnostic, mm-hmm. right? So they, like they've got the word in them, yeah. but they, they aren't following it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, there, there's a distinction there for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's another component too the, that you left out that um, I just want to encourage people with is this relational component, mm-hmm. not just the relationship between you and God, but mm-hmm. the relationship between you and other believers. Yeah. Because I think in those moments when there's the pressure to go with this group of mm-hmm. people, sometimes it may mean that you're hanging out with the wrong group of people. Yeah. Now, in the example I gave, work, you can't really choose mm-hmm. who you're working with to, to, to most degrees. Uh, but even in that moment, when you know you've got this solid group of believers mm-hmm. backing you up, I think it does become easier to say no to temptations, say no to flesh, to to say yes to the Holy Spirit's leaning when when you know that you've got an accountability partner, mm-hmm. let's say. So it's like, man, I know that tomorrow morning I'm supposed to have breakfast with with Asa mm-hmm. and he's going to ask me about my week. Mm-hmm. Am I going to sit there and lie to him because I decided to go out with this group of people? Mm-hmm. Or okay, I know I got that conversation with Asa. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to listen to the Holy Spirit here so that when I sit with Asa, I don't have to lie to him. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's definitely a huge part of it um, is how you position yourself. I mean, don't don't position yourself in a way that you're not going to be able to do the right thing Mm -hmm. because you're probably not as strong as you think you are. So for me, um, when I so, okay, you know, my buddy, I did my first funeral on my best friend back in Uh January. So um, the first time I was like, all right, I'm done. I left college. I left him in the house we was living in. Um, and I just went home and it was out of fear. I know that now I went home out of fear and committed to God, which is why I think I strayed, but that's a different thing. Um, but years later in that, in that one of his questions was, okay, no, I had a five year run and then I kind of strayed a little bit. And then when I recommitted my life to Christ, one of his questions was every time you go back to God, you kind of push me aside. And I said, twin, I cannot hang out with you especially at the state that i'm in with trying to get myself together and trying to free myself from the things that i used to do i'm like i love you we've been buddies forever but i cannot hang out with you and stay on a straight and narrow so there's going to be a time where i got to distance myself from you and all things that aren't pointing to god and the, the the part that he didn't see because he was an hour and a half away is I did my brothers the same exact way. And I, well, my, my family, I'll say I did my family the same exact way. I couldn't go to family parties. I, I had to kind of not go. And when I went, I had to only go inside and hang out with the grandparent and the mother because yeah. it's the crew that's outside that's doing the same things that I used to do. So yeah. there's a sensitive time, especially when you first come to Christ. Um, where you totally have to distance yourself. But even as you continue to walk, you would, you would be much better off putting yourself in a position to hang with people that have the heart to do what God is doing, yeah. have the heart to make the right decisions. Um, yes, now I can, I can walk through that outdoor crowd now, and it's not a temptation to me, it's not an issue, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to go out there and 
and start making that 90% of my visit yeah. versus being in a house with my mama and my grandmother and those that's not doing the things that I don't want to do. Yeah. So even still, I have to make the right decisions even now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're a recovering alcoholic, you probably shouldn't be hanging out in a bar. Yeah, don't. Like, don't do just, it. There's just some areas that you just don't do it. Yeah. Like, if you're battling with addiction, don't don't be in a place of temptation. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, having having those right relationships that are drawing you uh, towards God, not mm. away from God. Yeah. Now, what you could have said to your friend is, uh, you can come with me. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, I yeah. no, I can't stay here, <laughs> yeah. and I can't do the things that you're comfortable doing yeah. because I'm pursuing God. Yeah. If you want to pursue him with me, yeah. come along. Yeah, like we 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 can go yeah. to church yeah. together. We're just not going to the club together. Mm-hmm. And the interesting part about that is a lot of times that pressure, you know, will throw people off. And I I get it. Um, but my la- the last time I saw him before he passed, um, the appreciation and the heartfelt like love and joy that he had that my life had changed was amazing. Yeah. It wasn't a why why did you pull away it was a oh man i just really so happy that you got it together and that you're doing this and oh i need to get my you know what i mean it was a total different look because it was for one real and for two over time the respect for it will change at first it's like man we was just hanging out i'm a little bit i feel a little bit pushed aside and then eventually becomes man i really respect what you're doing um and i think that's just Commit to God, and he'll take care of the rest of that stuff around you that may be pulling yeah. you, and and, um, and and he'll shield you from some things, I believe. But you definitely have to do your part to not put yourself in bad positions. But I also think that he'll fight for you. He'll, 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 he'll fight for you, regardless yeah. of what you're doing. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so if we're, if we're going to be living for eternity, mm-hmm. need to be obedient to God. Mm-hmm. That obedience starts with uh, being in a relationship with him, mm-hmm. hearing his voice, mm-hmm. which is spoken through the, the written word of right. God, um, building up that that relationship with him in the the small yeses mm-hmm. uh, lead to those bigger, harder yeses. Mm-hmm. Um, get around the right people, mm-hmm. that relational side of things. So I think all of that that's leading us in this this path of obedience. We're, we're living for eternity in that moment. Uh, but I got to bring us right back to who you bringing with you. Right. Right. Absolutely. Um, I hate to move from there a little bit, but I'm going to get back to that. So when you were saying that, it made me think too. one part that I guess I didn't say in that is and also your time alone. Who are you spending it with? Yeah. So not just those other outside influences, but what are you doing when it's just you? Mm-hmm. Are you still less committed? Are you still is your focus still on God or is it a for show thing? So everything with God is he judges your heart. Yeah. So um, it's one of those things. It was interesting because one of my instructors talks about a story as he's pastoring um, that he goes to a family's house because they're having marital problems. The wife calls, hey, he's acting crazy. So he goes, him and his wife goes to this couple's house. And when he gets there, the husband's gone. So the wife stays with the wife to console her. He goes looking for the husband. There's only one gas station in town, so he goes to the gas station. And the husband comes out with the cigarette, and he's like, oh, pastor, I wouldn't be smoking a cigarette if I knew you was here. And he was like, do you not understand that the Holy Spirit, that God is with you at all times? So I guess I say that to say that even in this, understand that it's about you and God. It ain't about impressing man in the least bit. Now, your question was, (laughs) what was your question? Who am I bringing with you? Yes. And the who you bringing, who am I bringing with? Like I said earlier, it's people are watching, first of all. So let's let's take that first. 
um, family, friends, people that you naturally are going to have relationship with, mm-hmm. they're paying attention um, to your life. And one of the biggest impacts, I think, is when they see you at a place and then over time they see that true change that God made. So I think that's, the, I think that's one way. I think that that's a huge influence on people making their decisions toward Christ, eventually, maybe not in the timing that I was thinking. Then I think is helping people. Um, not just they see you, you know, being right, but helping people, listening to yeah. people. Um, it's, it's the same way that God wants relationship is you having a relationship with people to be able to show them Christ in whatever way you feel is the right way or the opportunity that presents itself. So the who's br- who you bringing with you is a big part relational. Um, it's 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 how are you relating to others? Then there's also, I mean, opportunities to those, those weird opportunities that sometimes you don't always follow the prompting of the Holy Spirit yeah. to maybe talk to somebody or pray with somebody. Um, so those opportunities also. And then it's the who am I kind of discipling? Who am I mm-hmm. actually investing some of my time into them to try to help further them along, whether they're not a believer or a new believer or a believer that's been believing a while but needs to be, you know, um, nurtured and pastored and cared for and just um, have a relationship that can help them make the right decisions. Um, so there's a lot of layers to who you're bringing with you. Um, some of it is be led of the Holy Spirit in certain situations. A lot of it is how are you, who, what are you doing? What are people seeing? And with those you have a history with, if they see that change, that at least is going to make them question if they wasn't already questioning. Definitely. And if they already kind of, are on the fence, I think the change they see in you is something that can help them get over that fence. Yeah. So. I think it's good. Uh, there's this this quote, I can't even remember who, who originally said it, that gets, I think, a lot of Christians in the wrong mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a great quote. We love the quote, but it says, uh, preach the gospel at all times when necessary, use words. Mm-hmm. The yeah. problem is, I think too many Christians have never found it necessary mm-hmm. to use words, mm-hmm. and it absolutely is necessary. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we I think it's in Romans we read, you know, uh, how can they believe in him mm-hmm. if, if no one has ever told them, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, at, at some point as a Christian, you've got to open your mouth, yeah. and you can't just get by with, uh, well, they see my Facebook post that mm-hmm. I'm going to church, so right. they know my beliefs. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, at some point, you've got to look them in the eyes. Yeah. And say, look, heaven and hell are real places, mm-hmm. and I would hate for for you to not yeah. go to heaven. Yeah. Can we talk about this? Yeah. Um, so, what what does that look like for for you from yeah. your perspective? When when it's like, look, I there's just something in me right now. The Holy Spirit's like, you need to witness to this person. Mm-hmm. What does that look like? Um, it's it's exactly that. I think the biggest thing of it is hearing of the Holy Spirit in your timing. I would say. Um, I also think some of it is you have to be intentional about putting yourself in a space to where you're going to have the opportunity. Don't hide from the opportunities. Um, So I don't think it's I'm there. I'm telling you all the time. But I think it's sometimes you get that nudge like this might be a good time to to share. And I think that that we have to take those opportunities. I got to do much better with it. And I'm sure everybody does. But um, but it is something that 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 comes up. Um, Just the other day I was with another buddy. from high school and uh, I hadn't seen him probably since uh, 2014. I think he got married. He lived in Texas. And uh, just the other day 
he's in town to see his mom and they was bowling over at the bowling alley right up the road so he wanted to see my mother and grandmother so i'm like yeah stop here and you can hop in and ride with me he was with his with his pops um so as we're driving around and i was just telling him about you know yeah you work at the church telling him what was going on and um i was really telling him about about one of the things you said to me um when offering me this position about man i can i, I can't teach you I can, I can teach you the, the, the technical stuff, but I can't teach you how to love people. And, and when I said that to him, he was like, he was thinking about it. He's like, man, and, and, and that's kind of how your family has like treated yeah. me from the day that I met y'all. Y'all yeah. have always been people that just love on people. So it was so interesting though, because I think that, that and, and I guess I didn't take that opportunity to really say, where, where is your relationship with Christ? <laughs> yeah. But I think that conversation, and I, I believe that conversation was doing something for him. Yeah. I believe it was bringing him closer to a true decision at some yeah. point. Now, whether it's now, whether it's 10 years from now, hopefully it's before it's too late. You yeah. know what I mean? But but that was just a natural thing that came up the other day. Um, do I think I should have went further? I didn't necessarily feel a nudge to, start totally going there but yeah. i i could tell in that moment that he the love of god that we've shown over yeah. the course of three decades because i've known him since we was 13 um is making an impact and has yeah. made an impact and and him hearing those words it it he was like yeah he was like because yeah. you didn't really want a pastor that can't love you you know what i mean it was it was connecting to him yeah. so um, I just think that's a, the, the actions is a huge thing. And yes, take the opportunities to tell them, but yeah, um, yeah I don't yeah. know. There's a there's scripture that says uh, it's the love of God that leads uh, to, to repentance. repentance. Absolutely. That's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And if, if we can get that part right, mm -hmm. uh, I think that it opens the door for the other. Mm -hmm. All right. My last question. And then if you've got anything you want to add to as we close, um, what happens when you mess up? So we're talking about living for eternity really comes down to obedience mm -hmm. to, to God. What do you do when you know the Holy Spirit told you something and you disobeyed? Like yeah. you, you did not do what you knew you were supposed mm -hmm. to do. How do you recover from that? What, what does that, that look like? Because I know in that moment, shame and guilt and, and all of that can just come crashing in especially you know depending on your your upbringing your mm -hmm. your background yeah. you know what what christianity looked like for you as a mm -hmm. kid like you, you can have this fear of the the god with the thunderbolt yeah. ready to just wow. yeah. yeah so what do, you, what do you do when you mess up i think the biggest thing is that you be quick to repent and repent is make a u-turn so repent isn't just in words it's in if you're repenting you're saying to god okay i messed that up but the next opportunity i get at that i'm gonna try to do that the right way so it's wanting to make a U-turn in yeah. your heart. It's a posture change. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. It's not words. It's, it's you want to do something different. And you might screw it up again. But in, in that moment, you really want to do something different. Um, recover from the guilt of it. Like r literally, um, if that means take the word and read about what it says about there's no condemnation, um, you do want to recover because condemnation will put you in a worse place, I believe. Yeah. I believe condemnation is going to pull you from God rather than letting you get closer to God in those moments. And it's hard for us sometimes because we don't forgive like God forgives and we don't get over it like God gets over it. So for us to truly understand a God that says repent and I forget about it, 
and now let's pick you up and let's move forward with it. Yeah. That's not a human concept. That's not a natural concept. That's yeah. not nothing that we do. So it's hard to have to believe that. Um, but I'm of the belief that by actually picking up the word and reading that it says that will give you the faith to believe that in that moment. Yeah. Um, so that's what I try to practice is repent quickly, um, but repent knowing and saying, all right, I'm going to do that different the next opportunity yeah. I get to it. Now, how do I execute it, though? Yeah. To me, it's you need to do constant heart checks. Um, we do that a lot here where um, what's the scripture? What's the verse where it's like? Uh, show me what's in my heart, but that ain't exactly how I uh, say it. Search uh, me, oh God, me, oh know God. my heart. Yes. Yeah. You might want to stay in a continual yeah. search me, oh God, place yeah. and allow him to show you what's in your heart. Yeah. Now, what you're feeding yourself is a huge part to, if you're really going to be able to do it, right. I believe. Um, if you're feeding yourself things that kind of go counter to, let's just use specifics to that specific thing, it's going to be harder for you to do it. Um, with the overall, if you're doing things that really don't line up with the word of God, yes, it's going to be harder for you to do most things that God yeah. is asking you to do. So repent quick, um, recover, get over the condemnation of it. And you may have to fight to do that, but you have to know that the word of God says that there is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what it says. Um, so you have to take that by faith the same way that you have to by faith believe that christ lives in you yeah. it's the same thing your brain sometimes ain't you, you can't comprehend that stuff yeah. but you have to with your heart believe the things that god says um and then how do you re, how do you repent what was the rest of the question <laughs> just just what do you what do you do in that moment you you've you failed you messed up yeah how do you recover and that's that's the recovery process to me but i kind of feel like you ain't fully recovered until you get the opportunity to do it again and you actually obey. Yeah. So I feel like you've 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 set your heart toward recovery. Yeah. And emotionally you can recover. Yeah. Um you it's like you've made half the turn. Right. But the next time you have that but opportunity, that's when you're either going to complete the yeah, turn or you're going to go right back. That's the completion of it. Is yeah, okay. am I, I going to obey this time? Um because I don't think that it's a full repentance. I think it's just words until you've actually done it. I love that. Um yeah. and then one thing you said too as you was leading into that, um, oh man, it was something I want to jump on. Keep if on. I said I, it, it was great. I I'm know, sure. No, and it was something. <laughs> it reminded me. Oh yeah, it reminded me of earlier when I had talked about I ran a God out of fear. Mm -hmm. You had talked about how it's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. So when I finally, again after a, a little <laughs> run, after I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do. I'm going to do it. I, over these years, I believe he's shown me. Well, I knew then, okay, that, that what brought me to that point was God steadily showing me his goodness. Mm -hmm. So that was 100% what, what got me back on track was the goodness of God. Like he, he continued to replay in my mind the different things from, from my daughter who was born with her lungs underdeveloped in the hospital for 10 days. Well, at day five, they told us, spend the rest of the time you can with her because there's nothing else we can do. She's too sick to go to the children's hospital. It ain't nothing we can do, so just spend the rest of your time you got with it. Okay. So he showed me that miracle that five days later, she's fine. And, and the nurse and my wife was like, so, okay, y'all tell me she's fine, but when we leave this hospital, what do we need to do? And they was like, nothing. Her lungs are perfectly fine. Treat, Treat her like, her a, like normal a normal kid. kid. So 
you know, I, I come from I come from church and the word being spoke, so I'm like, well, praise God, thank you, Jesus. Now my wife was newer in that thing, so she was still like, wait, you sure? <laughs> Shouldn't we like double check? Shouldn't we do something? And, and like, she's a nurse too, she's so nurse. she's like, I, so I she's know what like, these numbers mean. She's like, yeah, but I saw exactly. She would sit there and know what all of that stuff yeah. meant. I would sit there and be just speaking the word and clueless. And I thank God that I was clueless because that probably helped some of my unbelief in those moments. You know what I mean? So I thank God I was clueless on what that number meant. Okay. But anyway, so God's showing me the different areas of his goodness from that to the story I told last time about my brother praying in the spirit for a court case. And um, there was another instance he kept replaying a driving situation I had where the Holy Spirit had me make a turn and this car comes sliding. So he was like replaying this stuff in my mind, replaying it in my mind. I just couldn't get away from all of those things that God had done to times where we was evicted now. And an hour later, somebody's just letting us live somewhere growing up. So like we went through a lot of stuff where it was like, God, um, to, to us coming home and our house being robbed. And my mother just like, praying, believing, standing on the word. Like I lived in the most peaceful, chaotic place I've ever seen. Robberies, <laughs> evictions. I didn't know we were poor. <laughs> I didn't even know what eviction meant. I just knew the stuff was in the yard. Like, why the stuff in the yard? She's like, don't worry about it. Bring it. <laughs> I didn't know. But man, the peace and the joy yeah. that I had as a kid growing up, you couldn't tell me I grew up that way. But there was a peace and a joy. I don't know why I'm there. So, yes, it was those things, though. God showing me his goodness over the course of my life. And um, and and he showed me in that moment. Now, it doesn't mean that I don't have a role to play in staying committed to God. I do. But he showed me in that moment that this U-turn back to him is a little different than me running to him out of fear. Yeah. Which is what I did leaving yeah. college. I ran to him out of, I don't want to go to jail. Yeah, yeah. I need Jesus. Let yeah. me run to Jesus. Yeah. And I don't think it was as firm. The foundation yeah. of it wasn't as good as now this time of uh, it was in me because the entire time I was running, I was miserable because I was running. Yep. So it wasn't like I was like not knowing which direction I was going. There was and, a, and a lot of that is because you had your mother's voice. In the, yeah, <laughs> yeah, in yeah. And I had plenty of word in me yeah. to speak. I had the Holy Spirit to still remind me yeah. of his word through those moments. So absolutely, my mother's voice, the word of God that was in me to remind me in those moments. And I thank God for that because it's a it could have went a totally different way without those things. Um, so I, I believe that God showed me that this is more firm because your return to me was different. It was from the right place. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. You know what I mean? I believe that's how he showed it to me. Um, so it is the goodness of God that will help to change people that will bring people to repentance. Yeah. It, it really is. Yeah. Not and like it's those it. stories and it's our testimony. Like people can relate with your testimony more than they can relate to you. Stand the Bible say this. Yeah. They can relate to seeing the power this. of what has happened in your life. And yeah. for you, it should keep you in a place where you can't be talked off of it. Now you, that don't mean you act right all the time. I'm not saying that, but man, if I go to saying it's not a God, then I must be, I must have some serious mental problems. You know what I mean? That's, that, that's a hard thing to me. That's a hard this, left turn for that's where you are right now. That's a hard left turn from, because of the experiences, yeah. Yeah. not because of nothing else, but because of the experiences that I've seen in the name of Jesus, not in the name of yeah. nothing else. Yeah. It, that's a hard left turn. I don't care how I act, but I, I know that, that the word is true. 
We just yeah. need to get it together. Yeah. <laughs> so so with with this whole, uh, I, I love what you said like 20 minutes ago when you started right, this I rant. Know, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I loved every moment of it. Uh, but you talked about like it's not real repentance until you have until you have a chance to 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 do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Like mm-hmm. I, I love that. Uh, so I've got this. Uh, this isn't just for like spiritual things, mm-hmm. but it's just my kind of my life motto is I only want to make new mistakes. Yeah. And what I mean by that mm-hmm. is I never want to fail in the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Like I know I'm going to fail. Yeah. I know I'm going to mess up. I know I'm going to make mistakes. And this is just, this is just life. This is how I deal with people. This is my, my job, mm-hmm. my work, my family, my things of faith, yeah. sin issue, all, all of it is encompassed in this. Like, I, I only want to make new mistakes. I, I don't want to keep making the same old mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I don't want to fail in the same way twice. Uh, and so, cause, cause to me, if I'm failing in the same way a second time, it means I didn't learn from the first one. Right. And it means to me, and this is back to your point, mm-hmm. like it means that I didn't, I didn't fully really repent mm-hmm. of that. Like if, mm-hmm. if it's real, true, genuine repentance, there is supposed to be a change of direction, uh, a, a posture change that takes place. Uh, where it's like I was heading in this way and I recognize that this is the wrong way to go. But if I keep heading in that way, mm-hmm. even though I just acknowledge yeah. that I know it's the wrong way, like for me, that's so for me personally, uh, I use it as motivation. Mm-hmm. Like when I've I've failed God in a way or I've failed a situation or when I've messed up, I, I almost to a degree, I use that as fuel to never do that again. Right. To say next time I'm going to get this one right. Right. And I'll make brand new mistakes because <laughs> I'm, I'm human. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to fail the same way twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's just kind of my, I don't know. That, I don't know how healthy that is. There may be a, no, a counselor that's, that's like, oh, Brian, you probably need some therapy. Yeah, so um, as you said, that totally makes <laughs> sense, though. Absolutely. It does because things will, will happen that are new. And sometimes it's your first time at it. Yeah. So. You know, you may not make the yeah. right choice the first and, time. And, and the reality is, like, I may still fail that thing a second, a third, a yeah. fourth, or fifth time. I don't want to fail in the, in the exact same way. Mm-hmm. Like, if, yes. it's like, yes. okay, so I was I was doing this thing. I recognized there was something wrong with it or mm-hmm. I needed it fixed. So I make an adjustment, and the adjustment fails. Mm-hmm. Then I make another adjustment mm-hmm. or I make another shift or yeah. I make another change. Yeah. Uh, and I might keep failing 52 times, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm – I'm learning. What, what is the Edison thing about, you know, learn 99 ways not to make a light bulb? Uh, is that what he did before he figured was, it he, out? There's some kind of Edison quote. <laughs> right. uh, somebody will have to correct me in the comments or something, but I'm pretty I sure it's Edison. It. I don't know it. It was like, uh, he, it was like his 100th attempt or his 101st attempt mm-hmm. or something. And they're like, hey, you know, how, you, what, how do you feel about failing 100 times? He's like, I didn't fail 100 times. Right. I learned 99 ways not to do this right. thing. <laughs> like really? that's, I love that yeah, mentality. That I love that approach. Uh, and so that's kind of the way I try and live my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that there is that in obedience to God. And at the end of the day, back to Reinhard Bonnke, I want to plunder hell mm-hmm. to populate heaven. I want to bring more people into the kingdom of God mm-hmm. uh, because of my life. Mm-hmm. That at the end of the, at the end of this journey, I, that's what I think. When 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 you stand before God and he, you get to hear him say, "Well done, my good and faithful mm-hmm. servant." Um, I think that that is directly tied into who are yeah. the people that you brought with you. Yeah, absolutely. That that wouldn't be here without your your role in their life. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. That's what it's all about. I mean, God is a relational God, yeah. and not um, he's relational in a way where he wants to just yeah. show you the best yep. way. And he says in, in, in his word, he wants all to come to repentance. Yeah, that's his desire. Yeah. That's absolutely his desire. So Beautiful. God is good. 
Awesome, it's man. Good. And, and his plan was, is awesome, and we get to play a part. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So, All right. big deal. So we're living for eternity. We are. Let's we're do living. it. Do it. Let's make it happen. And don't make it. Think, don't make the same mistake <laughs> twice, unless it's in a different way. I think that's what he said. <laughs> Beautiful. That's a great place to close. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be back next week uh, talking uh, again about living for eternity. I uh, hope you had a wonderful Father's Day and uh, Juneteenth this week and all the amazing things that are happening. Uh, hope you're having a great week, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.